What is up, everybody? Welcome into the Full Coverage Football Show. We are live here on Anchor.fm. You can also catch the show on Anchor, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Google Pods, Apple Pods, Spreaker, you name it, we are there. My name is Jeremy Somerville. Follow me on Twitter at SomervilleCLE. You can follow my co-host, who will join me shortly, at Ward296-72985. Or you can follow the show at FCFS Pod on Twitter. Check us out. We got a fun show for you tonight. We are just one week. Finally, it is here. One week away from the NFL draft. Tonight, we're going to talk about draft rumors. We're going to play our game that everyone seems to love, good dude or bad dude, with some college coaches. We're going to play the boomer bus game. And then we're going to talk about some late round steals. As we close out the show, of course, we'll talk about whatever else hits our mind at some point because you know that's how we do it here. And then we'll get you ready for next week because we record every Thursday night. And you know the draft first round is Thursday. So what will we do? We got big news on that. So stay tuned to the end of the show. Listen to that and find out exactly what we're going to be doing. It's going to be a lot of fun. So hang on, stay tuned, and on the other side of this break, we'll bring in Mr. Drew Ward. We'll see you on the other side. Hey guys, are you looking for a good place to take your kids? Not only so they can learn, but so they can be watched, taken care of. Not only watched and taken care of, but also so they can grow. Take them to Kitty Cove Daycare in Eastlake, Ohio. You can find them on Facebook at Kitty Cove OH. The teachers there, Audrey and Shannon, they do a great job. Not only do the kids love them, the parents love them. Everyone is happy there. Everyone learns. They grow. They build together. And it's more like a family than a daycare. So check out Kitty Cove, Ohio, at Kitty Cove OH on Facebook for your next daycare. Welcome back into the full coverage football show. We are live here on Anchor.fm. At this time, I'd like to welcome in my co-host, Mr. Drew Ward. What is happening, brother? Hey, man, you know, quarantining it up, just uh, really nothing. Life's just staying inside, man. There's a whole lot of nothing. There's nothing on TV. We're just, just trying to get through every day. How you doing over there? You know, I'm not doing too bad. But I'm on my solo quarantine tonight, so I'm hanging out with my boy uh, Johnny Walker right now. Yeah, sure. Sure, that's fair. I mean, if I'm <laughs> hanging out with anyone during the quarantine, Johnny Walker's not a bad choice. It seems to make sense to me. <laughs> We're a week away from the draft, brother. We finally yeah. made it. Finally. God, thank God, man. I'll tell you what. If I see another mock draft from a Lions fan, <laughs> I'm going to lose it. <laughs> that bad lately, huh? It, it, I mean, it's terrible. It's just like I just like you see 100 a day, and it's like, why do they keep doing this? Because knows, I mean, nobody knows where the hell people yeah. are. I've done so many of the mock drafts on Pro Football Network, <laughs> yeah, and like – I, I think, and you know when I'm the Lions, I sit there and I'm sitting at three and I'm like, there's so many good players. I'm like, I'm trading back. So yesterday I decided to be your Lions and I traded back from three to six, picked up the first and second for the Chargers next year, the first, second, and fourth this year. I'm like, all right, I'm sitting at six. So I'm like, you know what? Why not? I'll trade back again. So I trade back to twelve, and the I, who did I trade with? The Raiders. I trade with the Raiders. So I trade back to 12, get their first and second this year 
first and second next year. So I'm like stockpiling picks for the Lions. <laughs> Herbert. So I'm sitting there at 12 back again with the Patriots and get their 23rd overall and all three of their third round picks this year. So at this point I have 700 draft picks for the Lions. <laughs> and then I'm like, I don't even know what to do with all these picks. Bob Quinn would screw up 90% of those picks. Well, you know, but... I, was, I mean, I was going with the Sashi Brown thinking where the more picks yeah. you have, the more chances you have to get it right. He's like, have you seen my pile of picks? This is the most valuable pile of anything. Stacks uh, of mystery boxes. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, it's it, it needs to be here. I'm ready for it. Um, we need something, you know, kind of like the NFL is really the only thing. And, let, like, free agencies just hit, like, a complete halt. Nothing's happened at all. You hey, know, which, the Falcons signed Josh Hawkins last night, okay? Okay, huge. You're right. <laughs> You know what I mean? Like, ever since that first wave, like, all the top guys, we haven't really even heard whispers of, like, Jameis or Cam even being considered or, like, you know what I mean? Like, teams even calling on them, and that might come a little bit later, but you still got Jadavion Clowney. There's still a lot of good players out there. Absolutely. Things have kind of just hit stop right now. Um, So, we'll see, man. Yeah, it feels like the NFL right now is socially distancing themselves from Jameis Winston and Cam Newton. <laughs> I mean, you've you've heard nothing. Nothing. And there's so many rumors out there, and that brings us to our first topic tonight. We're going to do NFL draft rumors. Oh, great. And the first rumor we're going to start with tonight is a lot of talk about Tua. And I mean, we've been back and forth on Tua. Would you pick him if you were a GM in that top 10? And it looks like, according to the rumor mill, which... We all take that for a grain of salt. It is two might fall out of the top ten. You think this is actually going to happen? No, I think it's changing. No. I mean, you no. stuck on that. You've been the one who said no. He's got to go. He's probably he, the second quarterback, no matter what. But go ahead. Yeah, he's not dropping at the furthest. Two will fall is six. He's not going anywhere past six. I I think he's going to be taken in the top five. Still, I don't see him going past six. I think a lot of this is just a little. Come on now. If people are going to tell me Justin Herbert, then put on any tape of Justin Herbert compared to two. <laughs> I mean, they're two different players, of course. I mean, Justin Herbert's built like your perfect quarterback, but you and I have both watched him. Mean, he can make every throw, but he's at times terribly inaccurate and inefficient. And my thing but, with Herbert, the thing that bothers me, I'm sorry to cut you off there. But no, go. My thing with Herbert is – yeah, he he looks the part, and he's he's super athletic, and you can see it. But the second he gets out of the pocket, he doesn't look athletic anymore. He looks like he's unsure of what to do. And maybe that was because last year Oregon was trying to not let him run as much. I don't know what it was, but, yeah, I, I can't see him going ahead of Tua, regardless of the injury history, based on who the players are. So, again – what everything that's that Tua has done has came back positive, right? And then all of a sudden, and then all of a sudden, everybody just wants to shit on Tua a week, a week, a week and a half before the draft. It's a bunch of BS. I'm telling you, I will not say I'm gonna do anything crazy, but because <laughs> <laughs> listen, my ass couldn't be 100% wrong, and I can look like it, but I, I don't see Tua going past six at the Chargers there. Uh, I, I'm starting to believe. 
that it's going to be harder for the Lions to trade out of three at this point. Um, because I think Miami knows that they can kind of sit back or the Chargers can sit back if one of those guys they like, but how far can a team move up? Yeah. If they really are in love with Tua and if Tua didn't have this injury this, this year, I mean, he was the guy I still, I mean, maybe even with Joe Burrow's year, I don't know, but Tua was special. Um, and he is special. And, and I just think that you can't necessarily take this guy. He's not going to make it past six. There's going to be a team that falls in love with him. If it's not Miami and if it's not the Chargers, there will be another team that will move up because he's a, he's a, he's a big-time talent, and you just got to deal with it. If he's sitting there at seven, then I know they just signed Teddy Bridgewater, but that is a perfect spot for him to sit for a year, see what he can become, and then maybe Carolina could have their quarterback of the future. And if they decide not to take him, at eight, you've got Arizona. You know they're not going to take him. Then Jacksonville becomes really interesting at nine. They've got Gardner. We all like Gardner Minshew. We're all cool with the mullet, the mustache, and the jean shorts. But we know what Gardner Minshew – I mean, listen, he's a fun story. He's a cool dude. He's a – you know, but Gardner Minshew is not your franchise quarterback, I think, moving forward. Um, and I think everybody kind of knows that. I think he's – Maybe he's serviceable. Maybe get you. I don't. I just don't think he's going to win a, a Super Bowl. Um, Either way, the it would be great. They've got to take that shot. I feel like the Jags. He can't get past Jacksonville, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah. No. Exactly. There's no way he slips out of the top ten. There's there's needy teams. I mean, if Jacksonville's sitting there and they're like, "Yeah, we have Gardner and we want to build around him," fine. But if you can also possibly get a quarterback who maybe Gardner turns into something and they don't want to move on from him. But then you have a quarterback that you can eventually move for parts that you could use. I mean, that is such a huge thing to have. It could work out great for Jacksonville. But not, we'll to, see, I'm, not, to, not to keep going off topic with Jacksonville here, but like, I like a lot of the things Jacksonville has offensively as far as weapons go. I like DJ Shark. I like D.D. Westbrook. I like Leonard Fournette. Um, I, I think it, they could add another playmaker there. But the thing that didn't really make much sense to me is they started acting like they were about to blow the shit up in a fire sale, didn't they? Yeah. Like, it was like whoa, wait, what are they doing? It's like they're just all of a sudden just going to blow the defense up, which is the one thing that's made them actually relevant. Their offense has always been ass. And so you just and – then, and then all of a sudden, you know what I mean? It's just like I don't know what the hell they're doing down there in Jacksonville. I mean, we've talked about it before. They were going to fire their head coach and Doug yeah. Marone, and then all of a sudden they're like, eh, you know, come back again. <sighs> Why not? Yeah. Doug went out with like a four or five bottle of wine dinner and and, the, and he talked him into it. You know, Riverboat Ron's like, listen, if I flip this app and it lands on the logo, you guys got to bring me back. <laughs> Deal. All right. Let's go from there. All right. Continuing on, I think we're both set on that. We can't see Tua falling out of the top 10, regardless of his health, because you can let the guy sit and have a top two quarterback in this draft period. That's, you don't, pass on the second-best quarterback in this draft regardless. So, next rumor we have coming up, 
The Giants. There's a rumor that was on Facebook or something from a Giants fan site or something. Obviously, the sources take it what it's for, but it's the draft. It's silly season. Talk of I the need Giants. real sources, dude. I will not talk on subjects that aren't from legitimate sources. <laughs> so you can provide that. I will not further comment on that. <laughs> I'm sorry. Go ahead. The Giants possibly trading up to number two, giving up four this year, and their first and second next year to get the second pick in the draft and Washington's fourth round. Do you think there's any truth to this rumor? No. I mean, listen, there, here's the deal. Chase Young, I think, is generational talent. I think I he's, he's a no – I mean, unless the guy has a crazy freak injury and he's – you know what I mean? But he's he, you can't miss on this prospect. It, me personally, I think that. But to move up two spots – um, that's just a lot to give up, and the Giants are trying. I mean, they, they, I don't think they can afford that right now, personally. I, I mean, no, you can get a good player at four, of course. Um, I've seen Isaiah Simmons mocked there quite often. I mean, we kind of make sense. I just don't, but uh, yeah, I, that just seems too rich for me, doesn't it? I mean, just to move up two spots, and mm-hmm. I know Chase Young is a can't miss guy. But when you're a team that needs so much more, your draft capital is really important to you. And it's also important that you hit on the draft picks you take because your team needs to do that in order to build, unlike Browns, Lions, who just draft like shit and they can't build anything. <laughs> and that's that. I mean, I mean, I'm with you on that. I think that it's a lot to give up. And, yeah, if, he is a, if we believe he's a generational talent, then in a lot of places I say – Give up whatever you can to get him. But when you're building around Saquon Barkley and Danny Dimes, I feel like you don't even need those picks. Is any good, dude? Exactly. Like, you don't even know what you have. Like, you can't. Could you imagine if he comes out and just absolute ass next year and they gave up like their first round? You know what I mean? uh, Yeah, I'm not with that. I don't think they do it. I think they stay and they either take simmons or they take jedrick wills who i think is the guy that should take you have to protect danny dimes and you need to open running lanes for saquon i don't think they do it either so we move on to our next I think there's here. something Go. there's something that's gonna happen there's oh, something sure. that's gonna happen in, in early on in this draft i just don't i almost don't do you think that teams may be less likely to trade based off of the virtual situation i mean i know it's always kind of calling back and forth but how I feel like it's hard for GMs and whoever's making the actual pick to, to pull the trigger when it's you can't really talk to everybody face to face. You can have these Zoom meetings or whatnot. I just don't. Is it going to have less trade activity? I do feel like something will happen. Some team's going to love a guy. Some team's going to move up, and and we'll be we'll be here to to check it out. You know, we'll be uh, we'll be on it. I think a lot of what's going to happen is there's going to be teams who start talking to other teams early or guys they've worked with before, guys they're comfortable with, like a Bob Quinn in New England, like an Andrew Barry in Philadelphia. These guys who have worked together, made trades together, I think a lot of those guys are going to be making the same trades yeah. because they know what they can get from the other guys and they yeah, know they've fleeced. worked with them before. Fleeced. Bob Quinn can get fleeced. <laughs> 
And I mean, we always go back to our teams just because we know them the best, but there's other GMs out there who are more comfortable working with certain other GMs. Oh, absolutely. And there's some GMs that just won't trade with other GMs. They're so like, those those are cut off immediately. We're not yeah. we're not doing business. I think a lot of these guys are gonna talk early. And I think what's gonna happen is you're gonna have guys with Zoom set up on multiple tablets on TV. You're gonna have another TV set up for just the draft coverage. You're going to have your iPad around you. You're going to have your phone. You're going to have your Surface. You're going to have your laptop. These guys are going to have to make sure they're paying attention to every one of their devices. It's going to be difficult, but I think that it's going to set up more of – I don't know if the trades will happen, but I think it's going to set up more of a – I don't know if it's – I'm trying to think of the word I was going to use. Maybe I'm a little too inebriated tonight, but – That's fair. That's fair. it's It's going to change the draft, I think, for the better in the way this works. Okay. It's going to put people more on the hot seat to make these trades, and that's why they'll stick with the guys they know. Let me let me ask you this. What do you think about the fact that ESPN, NFL Network, and what, Fox are all coming together to do one broadcast? Oh, I'm down for it because I like Trey Wingo. I like Rich Eisen. I'm cool having Daniel Jeremiah with it and having him with Mel, Lewis Riddick. You put them together, you can get the dream team there. I mean, it's going to be nice. It's hopefully yeah. going to raise money for, you know, COVID-19 Foundation. We are also raising money for it at CDC Found on Twitter. Yep. But I dig it. How do you feel about it? I think it's great. And the reason I think it's so great because it's like every year you're like, ah, I mean, ESPN's got Todd, 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 Todd. Like, you know, you've got to have some Mel Kuyper. But at the same time, I feel like some of the better analysis is actually on the, the NFL Network side. Yeah, I usually watch that side. You've always had to choose what side to go to. And this year, you're just kind of like, boom, there's one. And I like that about it. Because you, know you know you're not missing some of the analysis you could have gotten on another network. Mm-hmm. I guess is where I'm at with it. The interesting thing is to see how they're going to work together at times. If they're going to be able to go back and forth like – are they going to show for one pick? Is it going to be the main ESPN crew, or is it going to be everyone working together? With what kind of music Wingo? is it going to be? Is it going? To, <laughs> what channel is it going to be on? Do you know? It'll be on ABC, ESPN, and NFL Network, and all oh. in one simulcast. Oh, interesting. Well, I'm not going to watch the ESPN one uh, <laughs> because ESPN is terrible. Um, but no, that's cool, man. I look forward to. It. I do like. I do like these. I mean, these are guys that we've been growing up. Doing this shit. Mel Kuyper has been doing this since I can remember. Mm-hmm. It's great. And uh, I look forward to the NFL draft, but man, I feel like this basically because I've had no sports to watch. I've just played a shitload of Madden. I drank too much and I'm just sitting down here and it's just like, I, I need to, I need to see some sports. I need to enjoy something. Um, so the draft will be nice, but I'm sick of hearing about it because that's all people can talk about because nobody has anything to do. Hey, hopefully enough people want to hear more about the draft tonight because, hey, that's what we're doing here. That's basically all we got. But we're trying to make it more interesting because we got some good dude or bad dude and boomer bust coming up. We're going to have a little bit of fun with that. Got to. I love it. But moving on to our next rumor, the Eagles. Always interested in trading. Howie Roseman, probably the best of all the GMs in the NFL, they want to move up. They want to try and grab CD Lamb. And for the Eagles right now, they've 
got picks 21, 53, 103, 127. Basically, they've got their first, second, and third, and then they've got three fours. So they've got ammunition to move up. Yeah, they do. How high do you think they're going to have to move up from 21 in order to get C.D. Lamb? Not that far. Not that high. Not that far. Not that high? No, I really don't. I mean, Jerry Judy's for sure off the board before C.D. Lamb, in my opinion. Just a better I think Jerry Judy's just way better all around route running. The C.D. Lamb's definitely a home run hitter. He's got a lot of the yak, the yards after catch that can happen in the Big 12. Not necessarily. I I see – I mean, of course, guys are in space in the NFL just like that. But, hey – Defenses are a little different. Don't get me wrong. CeeDee Lamb is, is a good prospect. We've talked about how good these wide receiver prospects mm-hmm. are. But I think that they could go move anywhere up between, I'd say, 15 to 17. 15 to 17? Yeah, I mean, they're not going to have to make a huge jump. Where do you see it? See, this is the hardest thing for this draft is – where these top wide receivers are going to go. Probably 40 to 45 wide receivers are going to get picked in the 255 picks. I mean, that's a lot of wide receivers, but this is probably the deepest class ever. In my opinion, and I will probably release my top five of each position tomorrow on Twitter at Somerville CLE. In my opinion, CeeDee Lamb's the best wide receiver in this draft. I think he's Chad Johnson, and I was a huge Chad Johnson fan. I think that's who he reminds me of. But if he gets past Arizona, I think he could slide to where you're saying the 15 or 17 route because I feel like if the Raiders, who definitely need wide receivers, if they take one, I think Jerry Judy fits them best. The Broncos, who we'll talk about next, they're talking about trading up, and I think another wide receiver fits them best, not Judy or Lamb. So if he gets past eight – I definitely think 15 and 17 is a spot. I think the Browns right now are the spot where everyone's going to look to trade up because I think all the tackles will, you'll know where the tackles are going by that point. You'll know where the quarterbacks are going by that point. And then it opens up everything else. Right. So at 10, I think once you get out of that top nine is where things are going to switch. So they could trade up to 10. And like I said, Andrew Barry works with the Eagles. He knows Howie Roseman. That could be an easy call for them. Or they sit and they wait a little bit, and 15 to 17 costs them way less. I think that could be the best thing for them. And I'm with you on 15 to 17 probably is going to be where it is as long as he gets past number eight. And I get – I would have said CeeDee Lamb is going to Arizona for sure in, until the nuke trade. When D-Hop <laughs> – you, know, you know what I mean? When d yep. went to the Cardinals, it was like, okay, well, now with this roster that's kind of needed some help, is CD Lamb? I mean, is wide receiver position that they can go to when they still have Christian Kirk and Fitz, mm-hmm. which you add a, a new Hopkins. I mean, that's I like that receiving core. I mean, I know Larry Fitzgerald's a hundred, the guy still gets it done. I, you know, I don't see Arizona necessarily going wide receiver, but again. Wide receiver Kyle Murray is somewhat familiar with, wouldn't you say? Yep, uh, absolutely. And so that chemistry, you know, with them in Oklahoma, that certainly makes a difference. Um, that's probably that's probably what Cliff Kingsbury's banging the table for, and you know it is. But mm-hmm. I'm not necessarily sure that's the best decision for them right now. It, but they certainly could go that way. But I, I definitely see them going. 
they they need to take Becton um, or whatever tackle that they're in their room they believe is the best because mm-hmm. let's let's be real they got to protect Kyler Murray at all 100%. costs. I mean, this is a deep. It's deep in tackle. It's deep in wide receiver. Shitty interior but, line, though. Man, you got, you got a few guys. I mean, outside of Ruiz, maybe Robert Hunt late, maybe John Runyon real late, who we'll talk about later in this pod as I have him listed as for something else. But there's a few guys who might work out at guard, but you're absolutely right. As far as interior line, you might want to get someone higher. You might want to go with the John Simpson in the second or third round or someone like that. But yeah, definitely high in tackle, high in wide receiver. I was but listening. For, Sorry to cut you off. I was listening to Greg Cosell, who's been what around for a million years, mm-hmm. and he was talking today about the difference of kind of the NFL, <clears throat> excuse me, the college scheme kind of being ran more and more in the NFL now. You know what I mean? Yep. They're kind of doing that. And in, in, uh, I think it was on Cowherd Show. And, and he was saying that. And they were saying, is it harder, easier, or harder to scout now because it's the college team? It was actually a good question by Coward. He's like, so he's, so basically the question is, you know, now since you see so much more of the college scheme in the NFL, when you're scouting college prospects, is it easier to scout them and, and place them as where their potential would be because they're more familiar with, with said scheme, I guess, right? Mm-hmm. And, and he was talking about what I thought was weird. He said it's more difficult with wide receivers – because, and this isn't anything new, but the hash marks are so much wider in college that wide receivers have so much more room and space because you're dealing with such a wider amount of the field where the hash marks in the NFL are, close, are, are so much closer, so more of the, the game is in the middle of the field. So it definitely favors the speed guys in college, made off of what Greg Cosell was saying. I just thought that was a fascinating thing that he said. I've never heard that. I've never even actually thought of that. Um, of course, thought of like how how it's much of like a longer throw it is for a quarterback to go from hash, yeah. to, you know, sideline in college. But but I never thought about that scouting wide receivers. I thought that was interesting. The one thing I noticed when looking at wide receivers and a reason why I think guys like Michael Thomas and Juju Smith-Schuster fell is because you see the high-speed guys like, you know, the – who is the guy? I can't think of – Darius Hayward Bay where he blew away in speed. <laughs> But he was fast, so the NFL guys think, oh, he's fast, he'll blow by. But it's the guys with the quick twitch moves correct, who may not show as high in 40s that do best in the NFL. And that's why a guy like Anquan Bolden, when he ran a 4.8, was still great in the NFL, like we said, uh, Smith-Schuster. Anquan Bolden was great year a million on the Detroit Lions. Yeah, he just knew how to get open. He was exactly. quick twitch. So when you're looking at these guys, and this was a big reason the Browns missed on Corey Coleman, is Corey Coleman had all the numbers you want, but his route tree was so terrible that he, you knew he had to come in and put in the work. Yeah, it was, and he loved pussy and shoes, and that's all he cared about. He wasn't putting in the work to learn the route tree to get use that quick twitch ability. So when you're watching a lot of these guys who are coming out of the spread offense, they have two routes they run. And that was a big knock on DK Metcalf last year. He ran the nine route. Yeah, and but he fell. DK Metcalf. And now every team wishes they got him. Yep. Yeah. 
So, yeah, wide receiver is definitely hard to scout, and that's why I think it could go any way. When, when we're talking about this, like we talked with the Eagles here, yeah. they like CeeDee Lamb. He fits them. Henry Ruggs, team, speedster too. Like he you, is, and he's quick twitch, and he doesn't drop the football. I just think Jerry Judy's so smooth, man. I, I love him as a prospect, and that means uh, – who the hell knows what that means. You like <laughs> CeeDee Lamb. I like him. He rugs his- who does – who does Judy remind you of as a – who would you compare him to? Man. I don't know. You know what his – you know what his route running reminds me of? Stefan Diggs. Yeah. And Stephon Diggs, that dude can run a – but he's, he's faster than Stefan Diggs. Um, but that would be my compare. Like, he's going to be fun, dude. Who do you think – who do you compare him to? He reminds me 100% of San Antonio Holmes. Oh, that's a where he was just smooth. Yeah. That's all he was, just smooth. I mean, CeeDee Lamb is Kelvin Johnson where he can do almost anything. He's not as smooth. And then for Ruggs, it's everybody wants to say Tyree Kill. He reminds me more of Deshaun Jackson. He's more of a polished guy coming in. He's not as, I mean, he's fast, but Tyree Kill is, Kill is a unicorn. Th- Listen, Tyree Hill's been running from the cops for years, and his ass ain't been caught yet. He can beat the crap out of his kid if he wants. He's not getting caught. They'll, they'll, they'll bring they'll, they'll police cars chasing after this man. Uh, Tyree Hill's Sonic the damn hedgehog. Yeah, exactly. You better you better learn. Yeah, it's All right. to me though. It's like when I watch Judy, man. You're like you said, it's so smooth. It's like you see guys make like these these hard, you know over-the-top moves. He's just so smooth. Um, and he's a burner as well. Like, he'll get past you. I think he's going to be good. Um, but who the hell knows? That's wrong. This, this wide receiver class, it's I know fun. we're getting carried away. It's just – you can look at Justin Jefferson in most drafts. He's love, the number one guy. Love him. Jalen Ragor, you look at him, oh, he could be a top guy. I think yeah, Justin like, Jefferson's going to go in the first round. I I said a few podcasts ago that I thought he was going to go in the second round, but I honestly think yep. he's going to. So I think a team's going to fall in love with the guy because I love the guy. I think he's awesome. Yep. I think he's going to be good. Then you have guys like Michael Pittman, who's six four, two twenty, and runs like a gazelle. And this guy, they're talking. Oh, he could fall to the third round. T. Higgins can do everything on the field. Yeah, but who knows where he'll go? Denzel Mims. I mean, Brandon Ayuk. You could just go on and on and on. And these wide receivers are going to be all over the place. What you they're going to be a lot of fun. Guarantee though is there'll be receivers taking over receivers that you thought were higher. I guarantee yeah. it's going to happen because teams are going to fall in love with the T Higgins. They're going to fall in love with the Henry Ruggs. That could. I mean, hell, you, you just never know what's going to happen. But you're right. And all these wide receivers can't go in the first round. So somebody's going to get a lot of value at the wide receiver mm-hmm. position in the second round, and one hundred percent, it's deep. It's deep like it's deep like running backs. It's it's deep like uh, you know, it, especially wide receiver. It's a nice class for it's a nice class for tackles. Um, yeah, I mean, I mean, those are probably the three most plentiful positions in the draft. I would say yep. personally. Um, of guys that will drop, and and we'll see. But that wide receiver position is probably the most plentiful of all of them. I think a lot of these guys are going to be studs. 100%. And speaking of trading up for wide receivers, as I hinted toward a little bit ago before we went off on our full-on wide receiver talk, Broncos are also talking about moving up. 
and there's a chance that they're looking at 10. And I think the guy they're looking at that fits them perfectly if they're going to move up is Henry Ruggs, 100%. Yep. Yep. What about you? Uh, yeah, it makes sense with Cortland Sutton on the on the opposite side. I mean, in Cortland Sutton, not that most people would know that that maybe that that don't watch like the the like especially red zone is great for this because you can see. I mean, you Cortland Sutton's becoming a player out there in Denver. He is. We yep. kind of knew he was going to be. I mean, his rookie season was his rookie season. His second season, though, he seemed to mature into a receiver. He used to, he, he definitely got better with his route running. Um. And you really – I mean, that was something that you like to see. I definitely think they need to add another piece there. Um, again, though, to me, why the hell are you moving up with the, rec- with the receiver class here? Like, you can get a guy where you sit. Like, you know what I mean? Does, is, is it worth moving all the way up to 10, say, with the Browns or wherever you value a guy? Again, I think teams are going to be paranoid that guys are going to come off the board at weird times, especially at the wide receiver position. They need to snag their guy. I think the reason that the Broncos at 15, I think they probably have to give up uh, one of their threes, and they have three third-round picks. Yeah, so what the hell does it matter? Yeah, I think they'd probably have to give up maybe one of their threes and maybe a five to move up to 10. I think the thing with them is – Nobody knows what the hell the Jets are going to do. And every year the Jets are the most interesting team in the draft, especially when it was in New York. But nobody knows what the hell they're going to do. And they are a team that needs offensive line help, but they also don't have any wide receivers. They've got a quarterback and a running back. and They just lost their best wide receiver. They have no wide receivers, the Jets. Jameson Crowder's still on that roster, right? They have no wide receivers. Okay. He's That's about it. James, but I'll tell you right now, Jamison Crowder being the guy on the team <laughs> is not going to – that shit's not going to fly. That Absolutely. guy, That guy's not a, a one. Like, you can't just put that guy out and him draw double, double triple teams. That guy's drawing mm. single coverage. I mean, you guys, <laughs> they got to fix that. And, again, deep class. Like, I'm, you could see receivers flying off the board. You could see – but there's going to be talent there. I just – it's just who do you love? Like, and there's a – the nice thing about the the receivers, they're different. You know what I mean? They're they're yep. they definitely have different schemes, or they they're gonna fit different schemes better. Um, we'll see though. I mean, shit, it's gonna be who fits you the most. Yep, simple as that, man. All right, and one more rumor before we move on to our next segment here: the Atlanta Falcons talking about moving up, and they're looking for a quarterback. You think this is a real rumor? No. You don't think Matt Ryan was like, I'm not playing in those shitty jerseys. <laughs> Get me out of here. He's like, what the hell was that? You like, yeah, those jerseys terrible. Hey, speaking of that, there better be a segment of the Browns jerseys, damn it. You better not try to dodge that BS. <laughs> we'll, we'll get into it. Yeah, we will. Okay, yeah, no, you didn't you didn't tell me about that. It's got to be plugged in there. Thank you for reminding me of the terrible jersey. Um no, it's uh I just don't see it. I mean, Matt Ryan's got some 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 tread fire still, right? I mean, I mean, he's thirty four now, but he's he's still a damn good quarterback. Like, listen, I mean, yes. people did people put down Matt Ryan. I mean, Matt Ryan's a top ten to twelve quarterback. I don't care who you are. Like, I don't I don't think you could really argue that. He has the. I don't know if it's just the picture on Bing search tonight, or if it's <laughs> Johnny Walker, but he has the longest damn neck I've ever seen. 
he really puts his neck out there for guys. Jesus. Wow. God. Well done. He can put it. Yeah. He definitely has a. He can definitely see over the line better. <laughs> it's a fucking giraffe. Yeah. If you if you put some fucking plants above the line, he'll just reach his neck up. He's got a fucking bird's eye view. Get some leaves. <laughs> but yeah, I can see that if someone falls, like if two is there at ten, maybe eleven. If two does fall out of the top ten. In Atlanta, it makes 100% sense for them to say, hey, you know what? It worked out for the Packers when they moved up or when they let Aaron Rodgers fall to them. Let's do this. It makes sense then. But I don't see them trading up to like five or six I don't. and mortgaging. Because they don't have any money. They need all these draft picks. Correct. Yeah, they really do. Um, they're It's not like they're in great shape as far as where they stand right now with their roster. No, they. If Tua falls, it makes sense. Otherwise, I don't think they do it. So, before we move on to our next segment of good dude or bad dude, take a break here. We've had three teams this year or this offseason release their jerseys Tampa Bay, Cleveland, and the Atlanta Falcons. In your opinion, who is the best? And who is the worst Tampa, out of the newest jerseys? Tampa Bay is the best. Is the best? Okay. And Atlanta is the worst. The I'm with jerseys, you on that. The Browns jersey is just the same. Yeah. It's the same damn jersey we, we know. Like It's just the Browns. They're terrible jerseys. <laughs> the Browns have terrible colors. It's pretty much that. Like, listen, I, you can't say you have new jerseys when they're not new jerseys. You just – you just got them from the, the the storage shed. You just went out to the storage shed. And you're like, oh, we'll just you we'll just use these this year. Hey, they have an orange swoosh on them now, and in the collar it says 1946. What? Oh Other God. than that, they are exactly the same jerseys as they've worn, and I think that's exactly where the Browns needed to go. So while they're not anything special, which then will never be because of the color scheme. They're doing what they should have done and stuck with what was always. No, working. you should have put the helmet in the helmet in the helmet. <laughs> the infinity helmet. Yeah, the infinity. helmet, 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 helmet. Until you can't see. It's it like it's like you ever seen one of those Russian dolls, where like you keep pulling doll. <laughs> the nesting dolls. Yeah, like you, there's yep. like a hundred of them. And you keep pulling up doll, smaller doll, smaller doll, smaller doll. Yeah, it's one of those yeah. deals. I mean, I like what Tampa did. I wish they would have gone back to the creamsicle. I hate what Atlanta did. And the Browns, I mean, I'm good with it because it's where they should have stayed in the beginning. Now, I hope they do wear a brown jersey with the orange pants and go back to the 80s-style look. I always thought that was one of their better looks. But, hey, it's orange and brown. There's only so much you're going to do. And they overreached last time with the Cleveland down the pants and all the whatever the hell they did with it outside of the color rush jersey, which they kept and got rid of the stripes on the thing. It's nice. just terrible. Brown. And I'm good with it. Yeah. I mean, you, I, I just – Cleveland's just the, – the colors just suck. And there's only so much you can do. Their color rush jerseys are yeah. sick, right? I actually like those jerseys, mm-hmm. for, but they're, they're sick for the Browns. Like, those yeah. colors just suck. Like, there's nothing – there's not a lot around it. And I'm sure there's Browns fans that are saying, what are you talking about? Our jerseys are fucking traditional, man. These old-time the jerseys. They look like shit. The colors look like shit. Your logo's a helmet. Like the, I love. Listen, the Browns fans are some of the best 
out there. I have all nothing but respect to them. But don't come at me with our jerseys are sick because we know that's not true. They they are what they are. <laughs> I, they one thing that I would have liked to see, honestly, other than the fact that I said the orange pants, the brown jerseys, go to the elf. I like the elf. The elf, it's I an do logo. It's a classic old school looking logo, and you can make him look badass. You can update him a little bit and still make him look cool. Or why not go back to giving us an orange jersey, you know, the Clemson-style orange jersey, white pants. Like, that's still part of your color scheme. You can switch it up with that, which they did that in the early 2000s. The Tim Couch teams had those. But, I mean, the Browns did a service by getting rid of their fresh new jerseys and just going back to basics and sticking back with what works, and that's the way it should have been. So I'm cool with that. Falcons, your jerseys in about five years when you can redo them. Yeah, you're going to be right back to what you had. Yeah, what is it, like four or five years so you can redo yeah. your jerseys? Yep. And like – Browns every five years. Yeah, into next year. Next year, that, that, in five years from now, it'll be the same fucking thing. And it will, the Browns will put on the same – they'll say, oh, and they'll have this sweet hype video. And it'll be like, wait. <laughs> they do have some of the best hype videos, though. That, that jersey video pumped me up. I'm not going to lie. You're like, wait. I actually have that jersey in my closet, that exact jersey. <laughs> yeah. I just got rid of a Brady Quinn jersey that was exactly like exactly. that. Exactly. Like you, you, dude, if you actually just hold on to your jerseys long enough, they will <laughs> always be in style. I mean, I got a, I got a OBJ and a Baker in the color rush because I'm like, oh, those keep those. And then I got a Miles in the white, which I hate and I don't even wear. I got to figure out which one I'm going to wear next Thursday. I'll probably rock the Baker, but we'll see. So we got jerseys out of the way. We've talked draft rumors. Let's get on to one of our favorite games here that we play, and that is good dude or bad dude. Mm. Last time we played this, it was with uh, Mark D'Antonio, and everyone loved it. So good dude or bad dude tonight. Mm. Let's go with Alabama head coach Nick Saban. Good dude or bad dude? (laughs) Just overall? Overall, is Nick Saban a good dude or a bad dude? Um, good dude or bad dude? Nick Saban is a bad dude. I would say <laughs> Nick Saban's a bad dude. Honestly, I, uh, I mean, baking it off of the dude just pisses me off, and he wins all the time. Um, but no, I mean. I feel like he definitely comes across like an absolute dick, um, especially in his press conferences with a stupid-ass Coca-Cola bottle in front of him every time. Like, why the hell? Did you notice that with that? That damn Coca-Cola? Product placement, baby. Oh, my God. And it's like they put out, like, a fucking 40-ounce one so, like, everybody can make – it's like a double – two. they got a two-liter out there. It's like we get it. You're, you're promoting Coke. Nick Stamen's four foot tall. Move out of the way, Nick. It's over your damn head. Um, no, I'm sorry. Um, but, no, listen, Nick Saban, I guess he, he's he's never really done anything that I know of to be a bad guy. The guy wins a lot. I kind of seems like a dick to, to reporters. Um, he's a great football coach. Uh, I guess I'm going to go bad guy. I'm sorry, Nick Saban. I mean, he's probably a nice guy. He probably cheats. I'm sure he cheats. He probably hasn't been caught. Um. I listen. Alabama annoys me. I'm sick of hearing about Alabama. Um, you sucked in the NFL. That's all I got. What do you do? You think he's a good guy? 
No, this this is why this segment's great because I just let you go. It just lets you lose, and I don't know. I can't finish follow that up. I mean, he's making all these players wear Apple watches right now so they can make sure they're all doing their thing when they're under quarantine and there's a national pandemic going on, and he's more focused on making sure they're doing burpees and their up downs and everything. So I mean, yeah, I'm going with that, dude. Even though I'm a big fan of Coca-Cola, I mean, he annoys me with that Coca-Cola. I get it. Dude, that so let's move on to our next Oh, God. It's like, and it's because it's like crimson colored. It matches his freaking vest so well, and it annoys me. Sorry. <laughs> it does match. It's like, it blends it's in. It's for enough. Alabama football, and it pisses me off. Damn right. Next guy, we're going to stay in college football. Mm. Good dude or bad dude, and that is Clemson head coach Dabo Sweeney, who insists that COVID nineteen and the coronavirus is all a hoax, and he's a bad there's dude. There's nothing to it, and only the Almighty God Himself has the power to kick the coronavirus quote right in the teeth. And as a result, he's basically been going on vacation in Florida and not worrying about social distancing. So you already said it. Go ahead. Why is he bad, dude? Did you just listen to you? Did you listen to yourself? <laughs> so first of all, first of all, this dude is like not only starting with this, this dude is trying to like big dick swing about how no players should be paid and oh my god, this mm-hmm. is so ridiculous. And While being cash. the highest paid head coach. Right, in the whole state, in the whole country. I mean, I don't even know what the hell. I mean, it's ridiculous. You're getting paid all this. And you you make sure to come out and make your stand, and why it's it's so un you know immoral to to pay fucking college players and all this. We don't want to hear that from you, okay? We don't want to hear it. And then for you to come out and just listen, what your belief is about the coronavirus? If you think it's 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 certainly not a hoax, okay? It's it's a real thing. People are dying. So the hoaxing is ridiculous. But wh- whatever your opinion is, right? If you think it's being overblown or not. People are dying. You are a figure of authority, a well-known person. And if you want to act like an asshole, then we're going to call you an asshole. And I feel like that's what he's acting like. I mean, am I wrong? Amen. No, you're 100% on. (laughs) And while we're continuing with college head coaches and their inability to understand real-life things, good dude or bad dude, Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State head coach who believes that the coronavirus is a hoax made by mainstream media and suggests that public health leaders are somehow tricking us into staying home so we all feel afraid so that everyone can go out and recharge the chipmunks. Right. That's actually in a category known as drug dude. (laughs) Where this guy is clearly... But he's a man. I'm a man. (laughs) Yeah. No, Mike Gundy with his mullet um great mullet but clearly he's not attached to any society or any guidelines of this civilization that we adhere to (laughs) but i mean if you have a mullet like gundy does you kind of expect this kind of shit from a person like that um but that Mike has Gundy to be the Joe drugs, right? Right. It has to be meth and tiger. Like it has to be something. Like, clearly, this dude is on methamphetamines. He's on mushrooms. On some LSD product. Uh, the like the media. It's the media's fault. 
I mean, people will say any like I, I just don't understand. People have the platform nowadays to basically say whatever the hell they want, and it's like are, you realize how many dumb people that you live on this planet with. You're like, Jesus God, this person might be my neighbor. One hundred percent. And while we're playing the COVID nineteen coronavirus version of Good Dude, Bad Dude, Good Dude or Bad Dude, Fox Sports reporter. NFL insider Jay Glazer, oh. good dude or bad dude? Great dude. See, here. he's a good dude. Listen, hundred percent. Jay Glazer is one of my favorite. Right? I was telling you, man. Glazer is one of the guys. I would say there's stuff that Glazer can get that Schefter can't. I Glazer has his in Schefter, and there's probably stuff that Schefter can get that Glazer can't. Don't get me wrong. Schefter's great at what he does, but Glazer always comes through with some big shit. But for the for Glazer to just come out <laughs> and say that he's got big time news, he's dropping. It makes us wait till eleven p.m. on the East Coast, and then and then the player he comes out with that with that has a coronavirus. Bless him, hope he's well, all that. Everybody's like, okay. And then on the next day, Von Miller gets it, and it's like, all right, Jay Glazer, <laughs> all right, bro. You 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 had everybody thinking you had some real shit, and I'm just sitting back like, is he just playing us? Like, hey, you know, it'd be funny if I just <laughs> you said I had this important shit, and then you know I, I just came out. Listen, again, I'm not saying that this man. I hope he's well, whatnot. But then for for Von Miller to come out the next day, <laughs> like who's, who's like like if you if Von Miller is, is a household name, I guess is my point. Damn right. It just it seemed like a kick in the balls by Glazer during these times. But at the same time, Glazer's one of the best. And also Glazer does wonderful work with the military and and uh and would kick my ass, even though he's like a real small dude. Uh he's like height three three foot eight. Yes. But he's he's jacked. And another thing he's doing right now, he is a great dude. He trolled all of us, basically. He, I, he and, had to have trolled us, right? Like, that's the only other thing I can think of. Like, what the hell? <laughs> he runs MMA performance gyms and workouts, and he's doing free workouts for first responders during he's the just a good dude. pandemic here. Great dude, but we had to put, put him in here and bust his balls yeah, just because right. of the, the way he trolled us. And that, ladies and gentlemen, that was good dude or bad dude here on the Full Coverage Football Show. And right after this break, we're going to take a quick break. We'll be back with Boomer Bust Draft Edition and then finish it out with Late Rom Steals. And don't forget, we'll end the show with big news about what we're doing for the draft next week. It's going to be a lot of fun. Hopefully you'll join us. And we'll see you on the other side of this break. Yo, what up? It's Jeremy from the Full Coverage Football Show. Hey, did you get a new weapon for Christmas? A gun? Or any other holiday? Maybe your birthday? You're not able to go outside and shoot it yet. But you know, once... Once everything, all these mandatory lockdowns are done and you're able to get outside again and you're going to want to learn to use that weapon. You want to learn to use that weapon and you want to go to the best place? Go to Conceal Carry Ohio Firearms Academy. That's concealcarryohio.business.site or call the boys 440-391-4118. Give them a call. Set yourself up now. Call before all these things start filling up. Get in there now. Get your concealed carry license. Learn how to use your weapon these boys will take care of you. Once again, that's Conceal Carry Ohio Firearms Academy. You can find them on the web, concealcarryohio.business.site, or give the boys a call at 440-391-4118. 
Welcome back into the full coverage football show here on Anchor.fm. At this moment, we're going to move on to our next segment, a fun segment called Boomer Bust, and it's the draft edition. You ready to play? Oh, man, let's do it. All right. First prospect. Is he going to be more of a boom or more of a bust? And that is Southern Illinois safety, Jeremy Chin. Mm, Boom. Boom. I think he's one of the best safeties in the draft. Well, Grant Delpit, Jeremy Chin, you can kind of toss up your safeties. I think he's one of the best safeties in the draft. And... Listen, he comes out of a conference that you may not see that much talent, but if you watch the tape, the guy's all over the field. I think he's going to be a nice player. I think he's more – you just worry a little bit. I worry kind of a little bit with all the safeties in this draft. Mm. Um, It's not one of the stronger positions to me, but I do think there's two or three good ones, and I do think he's one of them. I I like the safety position in this draft, maybe as much as four or five deep if you go into the Ashton Davis and you throw in Xavier McKinney. Jeremy Chin is one of those guys who has been flying up as far as media talk. And that's because no one watches, you said it, his conference. I mean, I think it's Missouri Valley Conference, if I remember correctly. It's FCS. So this is a guy who, 6'3", 221, great size, length, He's got speed, ran a four four five. He can do almost anything, and he might find a role in the future, probably as a big nickel or maybe even a cover linebacker. But this is a kid who could be somewhere between a Harrison Smith-type player, and <clears throat> I'm going with more of a boom than a bust. I think he could go as high as the second round. I think only reason he's not going higher is because of his conference and what you talked about and the fact that Nobody knows that conference, and you're making a big jump from Missouri Valley FCS to NFL. And you are, and you are. But at the same time, players play. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in, in top scouts are going to evaluate that talent, and they're going to be able to say, hey, look, this guy I think can play wherever. Um, and we've seen it before. I mean, shit, look at Antonio Brown. Yep. Central you Michigan. Think- Chippewas. Exactly. You think, you know, people were, were tuned into a lot of Central Michigan football, and, and, and these guys know who they're taking. You know, um, Tuesday night Mac games. Yeah, I, I love Mac. <laughs> I, I love Mac. Um, but, yeah, it, it's, again, you might like the safeties a little bit more than I do. Um, I do think there's about three. You maybe could put Xavier McKinney in there as well. Um, but, but, yeah, we'll see. Well, see, I like him. I like him as a player. It's just, again, I don't know if we overvalue this safety class, um, but I definitely am very interested in his upside. In again, you just people don't know enough about him because you don't watch him unless you're yep. watching Tuesday night and Tuesday night match. <laughs> I mean, the safety position is definitely much better towards the higher part. I think your lower guys, Antoine Brooks, you're not going to get as much out of. They're probably going to be special teams guys. You got Antoine Winfield Jr. who could go second round. There's some really good guys in there. But as we're talking about positions that might not be very deep, there's a guy out of Mississippi State, linebacker, Willie Gay Jr. This is a guy who he ran a 4-4-6. When you watch him on tape, he's all over the field at times, but he also disappears. But because of his combine and the fact that we don't have pro days, 
at 6'1", 243, and just being a junior, he's a younger kid, and what he did at the Combine, this is a guy who's been fl- flying up draft boards. You can see him as high as round two. Some people have said he's better than Patrick McQueen. Or Patrick Queen, sorry. Willie Gay Jr., more of a boom or more of a bust? More of a bust, man. And here's the deal. For me personally, people fall in love with these combine numbers, right? Listen, you cannot – your your percentage of value based off of the way you look at a draft pick cannot be consumed by combine numbers nearly as much as it is film mm-hmm. and in what you see the guy in how he plays a position. I mean, some of the best players in all these sports, they weren't the most athletic. They weren't the – I mean – some guys know how to get open. Um, some guys know where to be. They just have a knack for the game. I just think that this is one of those guys that there's more question marks with than these combine numbers. And this happens every year. The combine is going to blow some, and it will blow somebody away. And it's mm-hmm. usually the freaking Oakland Raiders, or the, the excuse me, the Las Vegas Raiders. But I think with Mayock and, and Gruden. I think they actually – Chucky Mayhawk might actually be building, doing a little something down there in Oakland. But, yeah, they definitely uh, had a good draft last year. Oakland. I keep saying Oakland. It's Las Vegas. I mean, that's going to be a struggle on draft night. Um, I mean, I'm still saying San Diego Chargers when they've been mm, in L.A. now. St. Louis Rams. Yeah, you know, <laughs> not with you. But, yeah, I, uh, I'm going to go with Boston on this one, man. Willie Gay is kind of a hard guy for me because – you see the skill he has and how fast he is on tape and how he hits. But if he gets picked in the second round, I'm going with you more of a bust, mainly because of what something you said, where some guys can just do it. Willie Gay takes terrible angles at times. He plays extra steps, wasted motion. He's not always under control. And he doesn't seem to have the same football acumen that you would want from your linebacker who just plain out gets it and might not be as fast, like a Joe Schobert type linebacker who didn't test well, but Joe Schobert just has that football acumen yep. and the feel for the game. So Absolutely. I'm with you So we are going to agree on that. Especially at that position too, dude. You got to understand there's a lot asked at that position. You have to be able to identify plays based off run pass way quicker than you do a DB. Like you have to be able that that's a position where, I mean, not to bring it back to my team, but, but we're terrible. I mean, Jared Davis is just the meat, most mediocre shit ever. Um, anyway. Yeah. But, but again, I don't, I'm sorry to get into that, but that's my point is it's, it's a position where you need, you, you can't, you can't have guys making huge mistakes. I think he, based off of the round value that you gave me, right? Yeah. Now, if you get him in the back of the third round or the fourth round, I don't think it's going to definitely last long. But that, that gives you more value. But based off the value of a second-round pick, I think yeah. that's more bust potential than it is boom. And that's why I'm with you. If he goes round late round three – Round four, where I expected him to go at the beginning I, of this love, process. Then I love it. I think it's a value pick because you have, yep. you're not going to have him stepping in immediately expecting to do something right off the bat. You're going to say, we can let this guy grow. And he needs what he needs. Exactly. He needs to. So, our next guy, bigger boom or bigger bust. And a lot of people might think we're crazy for even bringing this guy up as possible bust. 
But when you have the first pick overall, a lot of teams can miss on it, and the quarterback position especially. So this guy, Joe Burrow, worries me. Bigger boom or bigger bust? Tough one. No, it is. And and everybody would immediately say, oh, well, you know, boom. But, like, you got to understand where he's headed. Now, Cincinnati ain't great. Cincinnati's kind of – listen, Marvin Lewis was there for 106 years. They won eight games every year. They occasionally made the playoffs. They did nothing. Like, Cincinnati's a bad organization. There's not tons of talent on that team. I just worry, like I do with all quarterbacks, that get drafted high, you're going to shit situations. And these teams aren't necessarily capable of surrounding you with the type of talent that you need to succeed at the next level. And and you also need that talent to to get you over the learning curve. You need to be able to, to have people to rely on while you're learning the position when you're thrown in there, like Joe Burrow is going to be thrown in there. Mm-hmm. Joe Burrow is going to have to play day one, right? You have A.J. Green, who hasn't played a game since, since the, you know, the resurrection of Jesus. Um, the, like, yeah, Joe Mixon saying he's not showing up if you're not paying him. Um, you like Tyler Boyd. I mean, they have some weapons offensively. They do. Um, but I just think it's a really bad organization. I am going to say boom because I really do like Joe Burrow. But everybody also needs to slow down on Joe Burrow. That was one season of, the, of what he did, and I'm not discounting it whatsoever. We're talking about the SEC. We're talking about 50 or whatever the hell many touchdowns it was. The guy was fantastic. Yeah, 60. He was incredible. And we're, we're talking probably the best – You can the best defensive conference, or you could argue the Big Ten for mm-hmm. people around this area. But, but it's very impressive on his end. I just think the kid's talented. Um I'm going to say boom, but, man, it's scary just based off the situation. I struggle with this one a lot. I like the weapons that they have. I like A.J. Green, Tyler Boyd. You said it, Joe Mixon. Mixon's a stud. They have to figure out how to get him involved in the passing game. That offensive line, though, is hot garbage. If anyone saw the video of Andy Dalton thrown in his backyard, with his yeah. like two little kids, Nailing those two little mi- <laughs> yeah, those two little kids were probably the best protection he's had <laughs> in years. Now, yeah, Andy Dalton in his career with the Bengals, he was a solid quarterback, and I'm going to pull up his numbers here. But you and I also understand the the fact that. If you just continue to get your head smashed into the ground over and over and over as a young rookie that's trying to build some confidence, that can just destroy you not only for the season, it can destroy your career, man. Once yep. you get down and out, it, like you have to be able to keep the guy upright, which is why they have to figure out what they're going to do with Joe Mixon and make that right because they're going to need to run the ball. But they're going to need to find protection. They have to find protection in the draft because you've got to keep it up. Andy Dalton's rookie season, 2011, started 16 games. They went 9-7. and He threw 20 touchdowns, 13 picks, and almost threw for 3,400 yards. If Joe Burrow does that next year, the numbers as far as, you know, 20 touchdowns, 13 interceptions, people are going to start to look at him as, um, how was that? Was that good enough? Because 
with this being such a passing league and what Patrick Mahomes has done or what Baker Mayfield did year one, and we'll not talk about last year, but yeah, I was like, whoa, the expectations Baker? for the first overall pick or for the quarterback who starts right away are just massive. And there's a chance that if they don't get the right line around him, which is why Andy Dalton sucked over the past few years, mainly because Andy Dalton just wasn't that good. He was just average and he was solid, but they didn't have anyone to block. It's a reason that they've gone downhill every year since 2015. They need to build up the offensive line. And that's why I'm going to say there's a better chance because of the way this roster is built of Joe Burrow being a bust than mm. is a boom. Mm. Even Listen, though I think he's going to be damn good, and I think he's the right pick, number one. I I I'm a believer that Andy Dalton on the New England Patriots could could lead that team to the playoffs. That's my personal opinion. That's uh, especially after they trade for OJ Howard, after they get him for like a fifth. Yeah, dude, Cowherd was saying he's they're going to get a two for him. I'm like, that seems ridiculous as shit. They ain't getting no two for OJ Howard. <laughs> Not going to happen. No, I, I can't see it mainly because they haven't done anything with him. But I mean, the value's there. We know what the guy was coming in the league. I agree, but Bruce Arians hates him. Apparently, like, he's just yeah. not even like on the team. Like, he, I mean, he's out there, but like, or Jameis hates. Him. <laughs> apparently, everyone hates him down there. Time to move on. You, sometimes a new place is just perfect. But for dude, us that guys. shit only took like two years. Dude. Yeah, I know it's insane. <laughs> Man, <laughs> next guy, another quarterback. Boomer Bust, Utah State quarterback, Jordan Love. Go ahead. I'll let you take it away. This all depends on the situation, as it does with everything else. And I guess I can't go 100% on the situation because I just said more likely to be a bust with Joe Burrow, who I think is going to not be a bust. But Jordan, Jordan Love has a chance to be in a significantly better situation, I, I mean, I believe. I think so. But – Jordan Love is supremely athletic, probably has the best overall arm strength of any quarterback in this draft, but he doesn't always know where to put it. It depends on Jordan Love's situation and how much work he puts into it. And if this is a guy who does go top 10 overall, if all four in the top quarterbacks go in the top 10, someone trades up for him, better chance of being a bust by far. Yeah, I'm 100% with you, dude. Listen. Uh, Jordan Love might be a, a nice player, but but I feel like he, from what I've watched of him, he he's not a guy that really possesses the ability to to make all the throws necessary. And what I mean by that is, can this guy make the touch pass? Can this guy make the bullet pass? Can this guy throw the out pass um, from the school he was at? Right, I mean, they, let's not that. That's a small school as well. I think his athleticism is great. Like you said, his arm strength is actually fantastic. The problem is, the guy's inconsistent as far as accuracy, especially throwing deep ball, and and that's worrisome to me. I think he'll be overdrafted because he's a quarterback, and that's what will happen. Um, and again, based off what the game we're playing too, this is based off the value of where he's going to be drafted. But I think I, I don't think the guy is a starting quarterback in the league for many years. I can see that. But the thing with Love is 
he is out of all the quarterbacks in this draft, he's the mystery box because yes, there's mm-hmm. so much there that you think you can do with. However, when I watch him, and I like him better than Justin Herbert, I think he's the third best quarterback in this draft, as I will tweet out tomorrow at Somerville CLEs. I mentioned that once again. But the thing for me when I watch him is he reminds me of another quarterback who I watched closely, who I watched. I watched this guy in his first training camp standing on the sidelines. That guy is Brandon Whedon. Now, Brandon Whedon, we can talk about his age and everything else. And yeah, we will yeah, hit that a million times. When he we got drafted, right? Brandon Whedon had one of the best arms I have ever seen in my life as far as pure strength. Well, and Justin However, Blackman, right? I mean, yeah, yeah, Justin Blackman. Look at the career those two had. Yeah, those guys but, really killed it. Those guys really, <laughs> they really thrived in their career. But Brandon Whedon, when it came time to throw a changeup, couldn't do it. Now, I think as far as feel for the game, Jordan Love has better feel for the game than Brandon Whedon. But as far as arm strength, I see a lot of that, and he's just got to get it together and take a little bit off every now and then and drop a touch pass. He can right. do it. He's I've seen him do wall. it. He's a fastball thrower. I've seen him do it, but I need I need a little more Greg Maddox out of him and a little less Randy Johnson. Randy Johnson. But yeah, I'm I mean, I think he can be a bust if he goes too high, but <laughs> if he gets the right situation and he goes to a place that someone's willing to put in the work with him. He could be just as good as Tua and just as good as Burrow easily. I'm that high on the kid, but, yeah, more likely to be a bust than a boom. So, moving on, we'll get to another defensive player here. Sure. That is Oklahoma linebacker Kenneth Murray. More likely to be a boom or more likely to be a bust? Bust. Bust. He's going to get – he'll get overdrafted. Listen, Oklahoma, the Big 12, again, I'm not trying to shit on the Big 12, right? I'm not. But come on. Let's not act like Oklahoma is tearing people up defensively. Um, I like him as a player. I just don't know how his game translates to the NFL. I I worry about it. He's he's definitely a speed backer. Mm-hmm. Um. I think he's going to – I think he'll be, what, the first – he's going to probably be the first linebacker off the board. Um, Depends where you see Isaiah Simmons as far as a player. Well, yeah. Linebacker safety or – Yeah, right. Yeah. Yeah. I I mean, I don't know about you, but I – again, I worry about the way the Big 12 plays defensively. Mm -hmm. Um, And there's – Oklahoma got picked apart a lot of times, and you can't, of course, put that on one player. And Kenny Murray's a really nice player. But I think based off where he's going to be drafted, he is going to be mediocre at best. I don't see him being a pro bowler, and he may get drafted at a, at a part in the draft where you want a really, really good player. And I don't, just don't know if that's where he's going to end up being. I can see Murray going anywhere from 15 to 36 mm-hmm. in this draft. As far as pure linebacker, like you said, he's probably the best one in this draft. I mean, he's – Got the chiseled frames, got the long arms. He's got speed, ridiculous range from sideline to sideline. I mean, instant burst from a standstill. But if he gets touched by a linebacker or by a lineman, especially squared up, 
he's dead to rights. Now, my worry with him is that he's going to be expected to be, you know, the Luke Keekley, the Brian Erlach, or the Ray Lewis type who's making plays all over the field he's and getting into the backfield. I don't think he is. I think he's a guy who's going to make a lot of tackles. His number is going to be great. He may show Pro Bowls after guys, you know, go to the Super Bowl and he's a backup or something like that. But he's going to be good. <laughs> he's not going to be great. Boomer bust, dude. Boom I mean, boy. he's more likely to be a bust than a boom. I agree. Suck it, Kenneth Murray. Sorry about your luck. But, I mean, if I'm a team picking and I need a linebacker, yeah, I, I would definitely take him. But that's why this game's interesting. It's not saying we don't like the guy. It's saying that. Well, it's where, yeah, where he's getting get drafted. With the value. And that's why I think next week's going to be a lot of fun as we watch guys get drafted live here. And, and we, we watch guys get drafted way too high. Yep. We watch teams just take, like, Jelani Tavai in the start of the second round. Everybody's like, what the hell? Who? <laughs> that was a good pick, wasn't it? Not, not in the second round. I, I think they got it in the third round. I mean, I'm pretty sure that uh, – I mean, he's, he was actually putting decently. Um, but he, he was a slow linebacker. I mean, yeah. Like, what the shit is that in today's NFL? You're, we're talking about Kenneth Murray, who's fast as shit. We got Jelani Devai, who's not. <laughs> it's a completely – Matt Patricia's team is so, you know, unique to him, and it fucking sucks, but – but you know what I mean? Like, they want the big linebackers like that. That's kind of the way that that's built in New England. And Tavai, when I looked, I remember last year I was checking out Dane Brugler's draft guide, which if you have the athletic, check out Dane Brugler's draft guide. Always the best. But he had Tavai as like a six-round pick when they took him. And then right after that, I was probably messing with you about them taking Tavai. And then the Browns took Sione Takitaki, who yeah. Brugler had as another six-round pick. But moving on to our final boomer bust, we're going to go to the tight end position. A tight end out of Dayton, Adam Troutman, 6'5", 255, redshirt senior, tore up the combine. And everyone's talking about this kid like he is the next great tight end. So, Adam Troutman, I ask you, boom or bust, sir? Bust. Listen, it's hard to evaluate the tight end position. I think... Now, I'm not saying that person. I think most most GMs and, and scouts would say that it really is. And, and based off the numbers that you and I have seen, and we talked about this with TJ Hawkinson last year, which Alliance took, I believe, eight. Um, the, the numbers show that it's a position that takes a long time to progress. Mm-hmm. And I think the guy is kind of a freak athlete. I mean, he is a freak athlete. But – I would say this one's tough for me because he could get drafted anywhere. <laughs> like, you know what I mean? Like, he could go really anywhere to be. Mm-hmm. Um, if he's – I like the talent. Again, I think the tight end position in this draft isn't very great. It's somewhat deep with average talent. Yeah. I don't love any tight end in this draft. He's the best of the bunch, but I'm going to go with uh, with Bust. Yeah, this is a kid who was a quarterback coming into Dayton, and he's only been playing tight end for three years, and he turned into the offense player of the year in his conference at Dayton. 
he's got the moxie. He's got the skills. He's got the yun too. He wants to be good. He's flat out said he'd rather block for a touchdown than catch one, which bullshit is, lies. I mean, hey, that's cool if that's how you really feel. No, nah, I'm a hard lie. But lying. if you're going to come in and you're going to prove right off the bat that you can block – then you're going to be successful next year. Your numbers won't show for it necessarily. Well, you'll immediately earn your teammates' respect. Exactly. And eventually you'll develop into mm-hmm. a solid tight end. I mean, when you're talking about tight ends, everyone who's the best tight end in the game right now? Mm. George am Kittle? I, yes, George Kittle. Am yeah. I, that's my opinion. Uh, someone could say Travis Kelsey, but I think is all all-round, well-rounded tight end, passing, blocking. It's got to be George Kittle. And I'm with you on that. And if Troutman lives up to everything he has the skills to be, he could be a George Kittle. He's got that skill, and the willingness to block is a huge thing. And you absolutely hit it on the head where tight ends in their first year, they just don't put up great. They don't make an impact like you want. And that's why if you're – Because to me, and I'm sorry to cut you off, to me, the learning the blocking scheme – Mm-hmm. Is the most difficult thing for a tight end when he's, he's, excuse me, coming into the NFL. That is the hardest part. Yep. And, and if you can't block in the NFL, your ass can't play. You just can't play. I mean, you could say that, you know, guys like Travis Kelsey and, and whatnot, they don't block, but Travis Kelsey can block, right? He's not, yeah. he's not, he's not George Kittle blocker, but he can block. And uh, if you, if you're out there getting the quarterback killed or, you, you know what I mean? Getting your running back blown up, you you can't play. And it, and it takes those guys a long time to, to really get into the system. And I think that's why, you know, it's crazy to draft one in the top ten. Mm-hmm. Like, why is it last year? But I would say that he's more of a bust. But you're right. I mean, you look at him athletically, like we said. I mean, the guy the guy is, says that he, he can be dominant. Um, but, again, out of Dayton. But – I. I don't want to discriminate these con- these small conferences just because they're small. Yep. Now, you, with George Kittle, he was a fifth-round pick. And his first year, he played in 15 games, started seven of them, caught 43 balls for 515 yards, two touchdowns. I don't think anyone the next year expected him to jump from 43 catches and 515 yards to 88 catches and 1,400 yards. But that's the thing that happens with tight ends is how different they can become so quickly. Well, they're just not going to be an impact player that first year. I mean, they're going to take time. TJ Hawkinson had like a buck and a quarter and like a touchdown or two in his first game. It was like, Jesus, this is the greatest tight end ever. (laughs) You know, he didn't have anything the rest of the year. I mean, the the position takes takes a while to groom and you have to – you have to – to expect that this guy's not going to necessarily be that much of an impact player immediately. I mean, Travis Kelsey's first year, he was a second round pick, I believe. He started, or he only played in one game. The next year, he started 11 games, had 67 catches for 862 yards. He didn't have 1,000 yards until 2016, his fourth year in the league. And now he's been consistent at about 80 catches or more and 1,000 yards. Yeah, he's fucking beast now. And it takes time. I mean, you look at a guy like you said, Hawkinson. I think Hawkinson can make a jump this year. He's got to stay yeah, healthy. He will. And, and Hawkinson will. I think he's he that showed, player. Yeah, he showed he could block, which is a big thing mm-hmm. coming in to last year that we knew he could do. And you look at other guys who are just pass catchers, like a David Njoku, the Browns got, who this kid is an athletic freak. Unbelievable. 
Yeah, but and can't get on the field because he he doesn't care. He he doesn't. You're right. He won't get in there and, and do the gritty. Yep. And in three years, he's had 93 catches on 158 targets, and just barely a thousand yards and nine touchdowns. Like he's got the skills to do it. We've seen not a blockers. So you've seen the athleticism and the freakish nature of that kid. Mm-hmm. But he has no exact. Again, he's not getting down into. The trend. I mean, there's a reason he wasn't on the field. Like, Freddie Kitchens yep. would have played the man if, after, of course, he came back from injury, he would have played <laughs> the man if, 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 if the guy was going to be able to, to be a benefit to the team. And clearly he felt like he wasn't. And I, I'm not sure. I, he might – Njoku will get a chance somewhere else after Cleveland. But I don't know if his time in Cleveland's running out already, especially with, uh, with Hooper coming in. I mean, this is a team that will now run a lot of two tight end sets. But going back to Troutman, if he gets picked in the second round and people expect him to be, you know, Travis Kelsey, George Kittle right off the bat, he's going to look like a bust. If he sits there lower third round. As I tell you, it doesn't work like that. I love it. For TJ Hawkins, it would be awesome. Lower third round, fourth round guy. Yep. And you know this guy's going to come in. He's going to block his ass off. He's going to work his ass off. And he continues to grow as a person and a player. You're going to get a guy who's going to be pretty damn good and I think can eventually develop a new George Kittle type player. I think he has that ability. And out of the tight ends, I mean, basically, like you said, this isn't a deep tight end class. I think he's the best out of the bunch. And you're just going to go with, eh, we can get this guy and he'll do this for us. Maybe we take a gander over there at Chase Claypool and turn him into a David Njoku type tight end where you know he's not going to block much, but he's going to be that kind of fast run out and maybe get a catch. But Thaddeus Moss. I'm with you. Yeah, Thad Moss is a guy who's short, six one as a tight end, but he's like two fifty and he just gets open in the red zone. Well he's so just he a, has... he's a fat wide receiver, man. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not saying and, that, but you know what and I mean. in a lot yeah, he's a thick dude. Like <laughs> that's with this tight end class, that's where it's gonna be interesting and see exactly where these guys go. And so I think it's Moss a bunch of average guys in my opinion. Yep. That's where I'm at with it. I think there's 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 no standout guy there, but there's average guys. But again, like you can't expect great things immediately. It's not how yep. it works. Exactly. The problem with these players when they become busts later in the draft is it's because there's too much expected out of them and the hype is too high. And the last thing I'm going to say, if you don't mind, real quick go. The fact that we have this virus is going to mess shit up for rookies too, potentially. Mm hmm. You know, we don't have our rookie camp. You know, it's not going to happen. The, the, I think these guys are all kind of behind the eight ball. Of course, you, you're going to get your your tablets with, with all the plays and stuff, but there's nothing out there like simulating getting out there, you know, and, 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 and running it through in practice. And I think you're going to see that guys may take a little bit longer because they're, they may not get those reps that they normally should have you know, based off of what we're dealing with right now. And that's why a lot of these teams, when we talk about the teams maybe trading up for wide receivers, maybe they see these guys as more polished prospects rather than guys are going to have to put into work and they want them more for next year. And Correct. Maybe that's why teams will move up. Based off where and, your team is right now, are you ready to win now? Do you need a plug and play? Do you, can you, yep. can you, can you build it? Or, you know, can you mold a guy? Can you try to, you know, it, 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 it's tough. It's which you're, you're hundred percent right. I just got a notification gonna... on my phone. Expect snow on Friday. Oh, yeah. We're going to have 
winter warning advisory or whatever it is. Yeah, I mean, I was out in the snow last night. Couldn't believe it. Yeah, Thanks sorry. a lot, Ohio. That was boomer bust, and that was a lot of fun. We had our I six do, guys. That's fun. That was a fun game, and we'll get to talk about this live next week, and we'll finish that up in just a second here. But before we get to that and before we get out of here tonight, I want to talk about a couple guys we might think are late-round steals. You got any guys who might go fourth round or later who you think are going to be steals in the draft? Mm. Damn, that's a good question. Fourth round or later, huh? Mm-hmm. Who you think can be a kind of a stud at one point in the draft. Well, let me take a look. While you're looking, I'll go, go ahead. first. Yeah, go first ahead. Go, go first. A guy I think who can be a star in this league for a long time who – may not do anything special ever in his career. Like he's not going to be a home run hitter. <coughs> Excuse me. Too much alcohol. Need to get some water. But anyway, a guy who can be probably a pro bowler in this league and probably run for 1100 yards a year. Zach Moss out of Utah. Mm-hmm. This is a kid who he ran like a four, six, five. He's five, nine, two twenty three. He reminds me of Frank Gore where he just, he just does the little things to get yards, and he's never doing anything special, but he's always keeping the ball moving forward. He doesn't lose yards a lot. And I think if you get him in the fourth round, your team's going to be set at running back for at least four to five years, no problem. Maybe not the first year, but after that, he's going to be a guy who he's not going to get arm tackled. I mean, small space, he's he's just going to get the first down anytime you need it. He's got enough burst to get three to six yards three yards in cloud of dust. This guy's a kid who's going to be something after all the other running backs you talk about, this kid could be one of the better running backs come out of this class. Yeah, I, I agree, man. I could see him even as high as like the, my fourth favorite running back in the draft. Well, I mean also, so, so a guy that I'm not real sure where this guy's going to get drafted, but Bryce Hall out of the university of Virginia, Virginia, who's a corner. I think he's going to be a value pick. I see four or five corners that'll maybe be valued ahead of him. Not <laughs> sure that they have the same kind of skill. The guys, the guy to me is a better corner in today's game than Diggs out of Bama. I mean, wow. again, we talked about CJ Henderson. He's going to probably get over. CJ Henderson will probably get overdrafted. Christian Fulton will probably get overdrafted just based off the fact Jeff Okuda is going to go super early and those guys become the best corners in the draft. And then, but, but you, I, you could see, I think, corner fall at that point. I think Bryce Hall is going to be a value pick regardless of where he's, where he's picked. Yeah. Bryce Hall's got a chance to be a very good backup who could eventually become a starter, in my opinion. And, he reminds me a lot of uh, the kid from the Panthers, uh, James Bradbury, where he's not a guy a lot of people looked at, but he's got long arms. He closes out well. I mean, decent height, weight. I mean, he's kind of the – when you look at him, he's what you would want out of your corner. I mean, I feel like he's got tight hips at times and doesn't turn as well against, you know, maybe speedsters like a Henry Ruggs would tear him up. But, yeah, I'm definitely with you on if you get him late third round, early fourth round, this is a guy who can probably step in in a couple of years and be a damn good player for you. One more guy I got is John Runyon out of Michigan. Obviously, John Runyon, his dad, was a very good tackle for many, many years. But this kid, he's probably going to either go seventh round or maybe even go undrafted. 
He played tackle at Michigan, but I think he's a guy who, if you move him inside to guard and work with him for a little bit, he's got the pedigree, he's got the size, just needs to get stronger at the point of attack. I think he's a guy who can be a very good guard in this league for a long time. So those are my guys who I think can be late-round steals. You got another one or anything else? The only other guy that I like would be Troy Dye, who's out of Oregon. He's a linebacker. Mm-hmm. I think he's going to get taken a little bit later. Again, we kind of talked about the linebacker position. Um, one of the other interesting things is Zach Bond with the kind of like the the diluted drug test that we heard about. Mm-hmm. Um, I think Die is probably the fourth or fifth best linebacker. But again, it, I guess he's not going to be such a late round steal. Um, but I think that he will drop, and I think where you can get him in the fourth round um, would be a pretty pretty solid in. And you know, definitely a valued position to take him. Yeah, die if you have him in the late third, early fourth. He's definitely a guy who you can uh, look at as maybe a potential inside linebacker prospect. I mean, he's got great football IQ, and he plays hurt. He, I think he played against uh, shit, Washington with a busted up thumb. I'm trying to look through my notes here, what I wrote down, but he's definitely a guy who given the right situation and the right amount of time could develop into a pretty damn solid linebacker here. So there's a lot of interesting pieces as this draft falls where you're going to see guys who can just play. Like I think Troy dies, one of those guys who will play and be able to be a guy in this league for a long time. are going to get drafted way behind guys like even maybe a chase Claypool who just is an athletic freak who people are like, well, I could make him this. Correct. And so, I yeah, there's. It, well, I mean, shit. The the first round, we're gonna see some some guys that we think are way overdrafted, and we'll be able mm-hmm. to talk about it live. Yep. And that's what we'll get into next. So next week, we're not gonna do the podcast over the recording on the. It won't be on Spotify, iHeart, where you can find this one. Any of those places, Google Pods, Apple Pods. We are gonna do a Facebook Live watch party if we can get this thing to work properly. I'm an old man. I can't figure out the technology, but I got some youngins who are going to help us. We're going to do Facebook Live for the entire first round. You want to do the entire first round? Like three hours or so? Correct. Okay. Yeah. Do the entire first round live. So Facebook Watch Party. We'll send out tweets. We will send out all the information at sometime next week once we get it all squared away. So you can watch full coverage football show live. See us in our quarantine best where I look like mm. a poor man's Yukon Cornelius digging for silver and gold. Mm, I just look homeless. <laughs> you know, I, I'm actually going to be in my home though, so I can, <laughs> I can completely put those rumors to sleep that people are going to home with. <laughs> we'll to, uh, yeah, we'll definitely have to make sure we got enough light so we can look normal on camera here. We'll make it a decent looking studio show. Oh, my wife, you my makeup. <laughs> I'll do my own. <laughs> Way to step out. <laughs> I'll come up on Guy Liner. It'll look ridiculous, <laughs> but it's going to be a lot of fun. So if you want to watch the regular draft and hear, you know, the talking heads who are probably going to be boozing. Uh, yeah. I mean, we're going to have some beers. We're going to have a good time. We're going to talk some football. I think uh, it's going to be, it's going to be a very, it's part of the, the, the beginning of the healing process of what the hell is going on right now with this virus. You are exactly right. So definitely stay tuned for that. We will tweet it out at FCFS Pod, at Somerville CLE, at Ward 296 or at any of our other sites. Anything else we tweet out, 
So stay tuned. This is the Full Coverage Football Show. Anything else you want to talk about before we get out of here? Tonight? No, man. Just uh, I hope everybody has a good week. Everybody's staying safe. And uh, hopefully we're talking about Chase Young in a Lions jersey come this time uh, next. Well, no, wait, shit. Way earlier than this. It's not going to yeah. But for the record, folks, I want him or Jeff Okuda. I'm saying it right now. I need him. We'll see. We'll talk to you guys next week. That's going to be the most exciting thing is to watch our faces live on camera as our teams do something yeah. absolutely insane. My team's going to take a guy this time. Nobody's even nobody's bored at three. <laughs> wait, wait, who the fuck's this guy? Trish is like this guy. There was only one kicker that fit my scheme, and it was this guy. It's like, all right, bro, just relax. <laughs> With a third pick in the 2020 NFL draft, the Detroit Lions select a kicker. Walter Smith. <laughs> athlete. Uh, athlete, right? This guy has, this guy has potential to like work himself into being the punter as well. <laughs> There's lots of potential here. This guy. <laughs> we go to Matt Patricia who says, you know, we felt this guy could do a lot of things for us. He's really gonna save us a couple roster <laughs> spots. He's gonna kick, he's gonna hold, he's gonna hold his own kicks. That's how good this guy is. <laughs> he's a punter. I mean He's going to return kicks. He's everything. Everything you want in a football player. This guy, when you look up football player in the dictionary, which I got dictionaries on the shelf because I like science. And we've lost it, folks. We have lost it. So imagine this for three hours live and unedited. Facebook live watch party. We're going to get as many people as we can to share it. It's going to be good. NFL draft, that's all we got, guys. That's all we got, boys and girls. So uh, just strap your damn seatbelts on and let's go for a ride. All right, we will see you next week. And remember, as always, if you live long,